Hello everyone, it's Aiden Taco Jones here and you're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 23rd of October 2018. <laughs> oh dearie dearie me, it's t- <laughs> yuck yuck yuck. Ooh, yucky, he's got a bit of poo on the bottom of his foot. <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely going to st- cut that out. Bloody cut that out, mate. Oh, I hope you guys are all right. I'm, uh, I just put my tea bag in my tea. I've already got one tea out of it and I'm using it as a second tea. Me not drinking has made me drink so much more tea um, to the point where... I know I'm just drinking a dr- like I'm just drinking tea just to have a drink, you know, um. But it's not like I'm always drinking alcohol just to have a drink. I don't know. I just be- like pretty much now. Whenever I'm home, I have a a cup of tea on the go, and um. Because of that, I've started using tea bags twice. You know, like putting the tea bag in the first time taking it out fairly quickly and then using it again for the next cup of tea. And it's just like, I'm just, I just want a drink to drink, you know? I guess not drinking has given me nerves or something. Also, our fridge is fucked. Our fridge is fucked up right now. It's, it sounds like farm machinery is what a, a man, I like, it's like, it's like that. It sounds like that. And uh, I started noticing it because every time... So, like, I mean, I probably said this before, but when I got back from um, Europe this year, I fucking came home and our washing machine was broken and the fridge was broken. Um, The fridge part of the fridge doesn't work and the freezer part is just as cold as the fridge. So we're just using the freezer part as the fridge. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which sounds perfectly normal to me. Um, don't know if anyone has a problem with that, but that's, so that's where we keep all of our food and I'm like home every day. So I just cook every day. So it's not so bad. Um, but in the last few days, so I noticed that whenever I opened the fridge, it would make, there was the sound of something like a fan stopping, like a tick, 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 you know, like, like if you turn the power off from a fan that's running and it goes like, I noticed that every time I opened the door, I would hear that sound, and I couldn't see what it was. It was interesting. I thought it was like, it sounded like or like a toy car, like the wheels of a toy car or something. I don't fucking know. But ever since I've started hearing that sound, the motor of the fridge has been getting louder and louder, and um, it's at the point now where like, it's it's the loudest thing in this house for sure. Whenever anyone's not talking. Oh, no, it's not. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the loudest ambient sound in the house. It's no good, basically. It's no fucking good. But neither Blake nor I have the money to buy a new fridge. So this is just what... (laughs) This is just the situation now. (laughs) Um, And I'm recording the pod in the lounge room where I can hear the fridge. The fridge is in the kitchen. By the way, we don't keep the fridge in the lounge room. I just want to clear that up. But I can hear the fridge and I think next week and from here on after I'm going to record the pod in my room because it's just annoying. It's really v- fucking vibing me out, you know? Vibing me out? Do people say that? 
No. Do I say that? Well, I do now. Let's taste this fucking second uh, second string tea here. I've really taken a hit lifestyle-wise in the last few weeks. How's everything going, Taco? Well, pretty good, man. Yeah, I'm uh, using tea bags twice. My fridge sounds like uh, a bore water pump. <laughs> and I got this weird thing on the bottom of my foot, but, you know, I don't have that. My feet are fine, guys. My feet are fine. Um, it's, uh, like... I'm, uh, how am I doing? Not drinking. Good. Still not, haven't had a drink for October. Feeling good about it. Um, I'm writing a lot. I'm feeling, yeah, man. I just, I don't really feel like I've actually done that much interesting stuff, but I'm just fucking feeling amazing. I'm going into the, oh, yesterday I woke up and I was feeling sad. No, what am I talking about? Let's fucking, I need to get, I'm <laughs> I need to get my head straight for a second. There's a gig on Friday. I want to talk about this. There's a gig on Friday that I'm not doing. Um, run by this guy who we've given the nickname Mush Hands. Now, <laughs> we call him Mush Hands because he has like a... When you shake hands with him, it's like shaking hands with like a... Like a, a, a fucking water balloon or something. His hands are just real fat and chubby and soft and like not strong. And it's gross to shake hands with this dude. And look, I feel bad because he definitely has some sort of thing going on. You know what I mean? Like he's maybe autistic or, or uh, I don't know. It seems like maybe Down syndrome, but then he's not got any impaired fun. I don't, maybe he's just got a really low IQ. I don't know enough about, I don't even know the correct word for like mentally handicapped, disabled. I don't know. But whatever that thing is, he's got one of them, surely. Um, but that's not the funny thing about him. The funny thing about him, <coughs> that would be awful if that was the funny thing about him. Oh, look, he's got some condition. <laughs> no, the funny thing about him is that he's running... He's running like a bunch of gigs and I don't know even where he lives to be honest. He must live all around the place but uh, he's ru he's running a gig like in Adelaide at the Cumbie and then he's running another show and he's running this show in Ballarat in Victoria on Friday. Oh. And it's supposed to be a Victoria versus South Australia comedians battle and um, it's definitely going to be the worst gig that anyone who is booked on it ever does, I reckon. Um, the only experience that me or anyone I know has with gigs that this guy's booked is Luca Muller went to one of his gigs <laughs> in um, <laughs> during comedy festival this year, and the guy Luca got there, and there were no chairs, no stage, no microphone, no audience, no lights. And the guy was in the venue by himself and he'd shit his pants. <laughs> like actually shit his pants. I'm not, that's not a euphemism for something or a metaphor. The guy had, had gone, oh, and shit came out of his ass into his clothed butt. <laughs> and like a rocked up. I was just like, hey man, where's the gig? And the guy's just like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, we'll, we'll figure it out, man. Like, 
<laughs> so it's brutal that, and this guy is like, he doesn't have anyone with him or helping him, or he's not like, got, he's self determined. He's decided on on his own, under his own steam, that he's gonna run some gigs that he loves comedy, and fair play to him for that. But he does not have the capacity to run gigs or the resources. And it's like, so I agreed to do the gig about a month ago, this one in Ballarat on uh, on Friday. I agreed to do it because he said he was paying $75 a spot, which already is a red flag because that's way too much money. And unless it's an established gig, there's no way this dude can afford to pay $75 for a five-minute spot, right? And he's saying he's going to pay each of the... I think there's 12 acts on the show and he's going to pay each of them that. Well, there's no uh, 12 acts, 11 of them get that and then the 12th one is, is the headliner, which is David Quirk, who's actually a fucking fantastic comic, uh, has TV credits and a draw and is like kind of famous in Australia a little bit. Uh, and I don't know that Dave Quirk has any fucking idea what he's getting himself into here, to be honest. I feel kind of bad for him, but also I don't want to message him just in case it is a good gig. There's like a one in a million outside chance that this show is going to be good. If like that Dave Quirk has somehow has a draw in Ballarat. But no one knows about the show though. It's like the guy, <laughs> I'm in the group chat for the thing. After Even after I pulled out, he hasn't kicked me out of the group chat. And um, so I'm seeing like the promotion that this guy's putting into the show. And it's like, he took out an ad in the fucking classifieds in the local Ballarat Courier. And there's no there's no image. It's just words. It's just like, come to the SA vs. Victoria comedy battle show. This is the date. Headliner David Quirk at Ballarat Cat or wherever. It's just like, this thing's going to be a disaster. And all through the chat, that's the group chat that he's posting in, I'm just screenshotting it and sending it to all of my mates in comedy. <laughs> Because it's just such a fucking train wreck. And I'm a little bit sad that, if I'm honest, I'm sad that it's going to happen on Friday. I'm looking forward to the like reading the group chat on Friday almost as much as if I were actually doing a good gig, you know? Because <laughs> all the other people who are booked, who, by the way, like none of them are... And I mean, no disrespect to any of the people booked on that show, but none of them are like professional comics or even really above open mic level. Um, and even these guys who have been doing comedy for like a year are still like, mate, we don't understand how this show is going to work. We don't understand the format. <laughs> this doesn't sound like it's really going to happen. <laughs> God, I love fucking poorly run comedy rooms so much. Is there an equivalent of this in other industries? Like... I don't think there is. Is the, this comedy is the only industry where <laughs> where there's just no barrier to entry, and you can be an insane person with no qualifications and no skills, and and be interacting with, <laughs> because like even professionals still need money where they can get it. So you can be just an entry level moron and be interacting with people who have been doing it in the industry professionally for 10, 15 years. And that is fucking beautiful. <laughs> if you went to work at a bank, imagine a fucking... Imagine pulling a dude off the street, because that's literally what some, like, quote-unquote comedians are. Imagine getting a dude off the street 
and walking him into a fucking bank, putting a, uh, an old Salvation Army suit on him and sitting him down in the board in the boardroom of the fucking Commonwealth Bank of Australia with all of the investors and the fucking and the directors and shit. That's kind of what this is like. David Quirk is a is is a fifteen year comic and very well respected comedian in Australia with multiple TV credits and like a a, a fucking like he's the fucking third star in a in a three series Australian se- like a, a TV series you know Rosehaven right and he's still having to interact with <laughs> with a guy. Who- who I am sure has a mental disability. <laughs> fuck me. Um, so, yeah. Oh. If anyone's in Ballarat, fucking go to the show and film it. You will see 11 comedians who are realising that they've been had. And then you'll see David Quirk rock up, walk in the door, sigh, turn around and walk out. I reckon is what you'll see. <laughs> Um, I did my, um, speaking of awful shows, (laughs) I did my show on Saturday. No, it was okay. I've started a new show. I meant to plug this last week. If anyone's in Melbourne, the Baden Powell Hotel, um, uh, in Collingwood, I'm starting an open mic there. Well, I have started this Saturday. So it's like four, four, four 30-ish until about six, six 30 in the afternoon, um, Anyone who signs up gets on. Drink specials are fucking uh, $6 pints and $6 glasses of wine from 4 to 6 in the afternoon. And uh, it was really nice this week, man. It was cool. Like 15 comics came down, a couple audience. The uh, the crazy man of comedy, Kieran Butler, probably the most insane person in uh, in the comedy industry, Kieran Butler, came down. And you know what? I didn't even recognize him. This is a dude who like was my comedy dad when I started and is kind of off the deep end at this point. I wonder if he listens to this, he's going to try and sue me for LaBelle. He keeps trying to sue people for LaBelle. Fuck comedy is great. <laughs> um, uh, basically a dude who, who I kind of, when I started comedy, he was like my inspiration until I realized that he's actually a bit of a mean person and just an asshole. Uh, came down to the show and I didn't even recognize him. Like I'm really bad with faces. I have like a legitimate, I'm legitimately bad with faces. I know people say that, but I've realised in the last couple of years, I actually... This is, will demonstrate it perfectly, I think. Uh, last year, I met this girl in Edinburgh at the Edinburgh Fringe that uh, I, I, was, I was in love with her. Yeah, I was definitely in love with her. I've talked about this a bunch on the pod before. Um, and she was amazing or whatever. We travelled around, blah, blah, blah. I came back to Australia. I actually went back over there to see her, which was what the start of this podcast was. But when I got back to Australia... So I'm still like talking to this girl every day. She sent me a video, just like a clip, like seven second clip of her, like singing some dumb song or whatever to be like, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Singing a song, la la la. <clears throat> and I showed that to Blake and I said, Blake, she just sent me this. I'm 99% sure that it's her. Like that's how bad I, I think it was because she was wearing glasses and her hair was kind of pulled back. I was like, I'm not sure that this is her in this video that she's just sent me. I'm 99% sure that it is, but I'm not 100 It could be someone else, and I don't want to commit in my response to being like, oh, you look great, and then have her be like, that was my friend, that's not even me. That's how bad I am with faces. And that was someone who I was in love with. That is fucked up. 
So I didn't recognize Kieran Butler, who just comes down to these rooms to kind of be like, yeah, I'm just checking out, seeing how everyone's fucking doing. Um, yeah. He just came down, I guess, to scope the room out and sit at the back of the room with a frown on his face, drink a couple pints and then leave. And that's what he did. Other than that, the show was great, though. Uh, a few of my mates came down. Uh, big shout-outs to Caitlin and Amy. And um, all the comics fucking had a fun time. I reckon next time I'm going to flip the stage around, do it from the other side so we can get a little bit better of the kind of setup of the room and it doesn't stress people out when they walk in. But other than that, it was sick, man. The Baden Power Hotel every Saturday. Come down for some fucking Saturday sessions, man. Um, also on Sunday... Actually, yeah, it's been a big weekend of comedy. On Sunday, I did... Uh, I emceed for four hours on Sunday. I did... There was the Spring Fling in North Melbourne. And uh, that was like one of the coolest shows I've done in a long time. The Spring Fling was like this street festival, Sunday morning, afternoon shit. So like they set up all stalls on Errol Street, which is like the main street going through the suburb. And uh, <clears throat> they were like, you know, selling clothes and, and cooking food and that on the street. And then uh, Club Voltaire, which is uh, this arts venue run by the sweetest old idiot um, that I've ever met in my life. Uh, Lindsay, I can't even remember his last name. His name's Lindsay. Everyone knows him as Lindsay. Dude must be in his kind of mid to late 60s. An old school actor, owns this art space in, uh, in North Melbourne. It's just like an upstairs loft. Can seat about 40 and uh, he runs a bar out of there and does events. And, and, and I've been doing comedy there since I started comedy in 2012. And so he said to a few of us uh, the other week, if you guys want to run comedy here during Spring Fling, there'll be people around on the street and stuff. Um, run a show, do it as long as you want. And so we did that and we, got, we were like, we'll do it from one to five. Anyone who wants to get on can get on, blah, blah, blah. Uh, free entry, all of that. And we'll just advertise it on the street. And... Um, people came there was the we just started we started the show to one guy literally one dude and i was emceeing and i just pulled a ladder out from behind the curtain on the stage and kind of climbed up it and and uh tried to tell a story to this guy but he didn't really seem into it just started introducing people um Knox went on first uh pete jones luca muller um but after a while, people kind of started to come, you know, there were like three, group of three came and then a couple groups of two came and after about an hour or so, the place was literally full. There were like 35, 40 people in there watching fucking comedy and it was the most surreal thing because all we did was draw a chalk thing on the, on the street outside and put a little easel up with a sign that said free comedy upstairs and, uh, and they just, they came, build it and they will fucking come, man. Blake Freeman, my boy, my housemate there, Blake Freeman, uh, got the sweet spot set when there were the most people in, did about 15 minutes, crushed to all these people who had just been walking down the street, seen a sign for comedy and gone, yeah, go on, we'll give that a crack. How fucking cool is that, man? It was like one of the coolest things I've been a part of. To just set up a show and just tell comics, hey, we're putting a show on and to tell people, hey, there's a show upstairs and it just happens, you know? It felt like, if you guys have seen the um, the Joe Rogan End of the World podcast that they did during um, the presidential election in 2016, 
and it was like a three, four hour pod as the results of the election were rolling in. They took a room at the comedy store and just did a podcast there. And it was fucking awesome. Like comics just coming on and off, loose vibes, um, no real structure. Bill Burr sat there the whole time and <laughs> just got drunk and crushed for the entire podcast. Um, but yeah, it kind of felt like that, man. Just that looseness. And just the audience coming and going. And poor Matthew Vasquez um, was in a, a comedian's group chat and was just like, someone goes, oh, the room's full. And he was on his way. And he was like, oh, my God, the room's full. Okay, I'll get a cab there now. Paid for an Uber to get there from his house. It's probably only like a $10 Uber, but he's not got a lot of money. Paid for an Uber to get there. And uh, by the time he got on, like, <laughs> Blake went on and then a few people left. And then uh, and then someone else went on and a few more people left. And by the time Vasquez got on, there were... <laughs> I think there was one dude in the room. <laughs> there was one person left. And he'd got there and seen the room full. And then seen it empty out as his set got closer and closer. You poor cunt. <laughs> Mm. I guess I should talk about some music. Let's do some music, man. I've got this song in my head, actually. Um, Early Spring by, uh, I don't know how to say this, Sin, um, S-I-N-H, but it's like dot S-I-N-H, and uh, and Masigo. It's like, um, I can't even, to be honest, I can't even remember week to week what songs I've been recommending, so I don't know if this is like the other stuff that I have, but it's a really lo-fi kind of like trip hoppy situation it starts it's like it's got like water running in the background there's like the sound of water running in the background um and there's like just a really nice acoustic piano lick um with so and it's like really far back on the beat you know with the drums in and then uh masigo who so evidently that's the sin dude and then masigo um who's this rapper who plays a bunch of instruments, just comes in with a sax and just jams over the whole thing for like two and a half minutes. It's so fucking dope, man. Actually, I want to find out about Masigo. Allow me to see. Um, Micah Davis, better known by his stage name, Masigo, is an African-American musician who was born in Jamaica, but his roots are from South Africa. International contemporary genre-bending entertainer who refers to his own musical style as trap house jazz. Okay. Or emotion. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Trap house jazz. Because it's like heavy on the beat. Trip hop maybe is a style that's like 10 years old that people don't even kind of recognize or think about anymore. I don't know, but like, that's a good way to put it. Trap house jazz. Let's call it that. His collaborative record, Tado. Oh, Tado. Yeah, I remember that song. Has amassed over 52 million views on YouTube. His record, Navajo, first premiered by Berlin platform Colors, has been streamed over 20 million times, triggering a worldwide sold-out tour. Oh, wow. So the dude's big. Fuck yeah. Born June 8th, 93. So he's fucking two years younger than me. Yeah, whatever, mate. Fair play to you. Um, that song's fucking dope, man. And uh, the test of how good a song is is you play it for my friend Phil, and if he likes it, then you're in. And I played it for him the other day, and he was like, Ooh, that's sax, baby! <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it's a good song. Um, fucking definitely check that. It's like a... I kind of thought about it for a bit, and I feel like it's more of an afternoon track. It's not... Maybe morning, not the nighttime, though, because it feels like it's got 
a little bit too much energy, but it's good for like that time in between when you get your morning shit done and then before you start drinking and go out and try and have sex with someone. Just before that, it's like a gear change, you know, like a palate cleanser in terms of mood and energy. All right. Are you impressed that I've thought about it that much or is it kind of pathetic? (laughs) I just feel like this song that I can recommend, it's like a graham cracker, a musical graham cracker just to cleanse the palate like soda water. What a fucking recommendation. God, that fridge is so loud! Um... Oh, fuck. If you've been listening to my fucking... Uh, if you've been listening to this on Spotify, um, can you please send me a message and just let me know? Because I can't get my stats off of the fucking thing. Does that make sense? I tried to message Spotify and I can't get my stats off it and I don't know what. But uh, I think a few people have been because as soon as I put it on Spotify, the stats on Libsyn went down, which is what I normally see the stats on. So I think they don't talk to each other. Maybe they had some sort of fight. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, oh, I've been watching the Larry Sanders show. Has anyone heard of that? It's like an old show, huh? <clears throat> it's from like the early 90s. Um, that's, oh, that's what I was going to talk about, not drinking. It's this. It's because I've been not drinking, I finally had time to like, I feel like I'm really, um, what's the word, selfish? Or like, I read something in a book a long time ago called Eating People is Wrong. Um, that was not a very good book. It was a Penguin classic, I guess, but I mean, it's, I don't know. It just didn't really grab me, but there was one line in there that, that I really, that I really resonated with. It just spoke to me on a deeper level is exactly what it did, but I don't have the courage to commit to that feeling unironically. So I had to say it in that voice. Um, I think if I can remember, the scene is a lecturer, a guy's going around the country lecturing about the books that he's written or something, and then there's a, a, a an academic at this university that he comes to lecture to, and the academic is the main character, and he's like trying to kind of outside. He thinks that the guy who's touring around the country is a little bit of a dick, and uh, so he tries to show everyone that he's a dick. He stands up and asks a question during the lecture, and he goes... Uh, Mr. Blah, 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 would you say that you read more than you write or you write more than you read? And I guess what he was trying to say is like, are you so up your own ass that you don't read anyone else's stuff or do you read more? But if he says he reads more, then he's probably not working very hard at writing. So it's a good little trap, right? <clears throat> but I think when I read that, I was like, oh, I definitely write more than I read. I'm definitely talking more than I'm listening, you know? And I don't know, I mean, it's probably a bad thing. If it's way out of balance, it's definitely a bad thing. And I think I've gotten better over recent years, even to the point of like when I'm in uh, like a comedy festival or whatever, trying to see other people's shows rather than just doing my show, you know? Trying to see what else is out there and be influenced by people and whatever. And this not drinking thing has given me the time because I'm like writing in the morning, like morning to like lunchtime and then I have lunch and then when I have lunch I've still got because I'm waking up earlier I've still got like a couple of hours of downtime where I can read or or yawn I can just yawn for two hours sometimes I'll do that or like or like um you know watch a show or a movie or something 
and I'm using that time to watch a lot more like classic comedy shit. So last week I watched the Zen Diaries of um, Gary Shandling and they talk a lot about how important the Larry Sanders show was to him when he was creating it. So now I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to watch the Larry Sanders show and I'm three episodes in and it's real fucking good. Um, it's got that old like 90s feel to it with like the way that it's shot, the cameras and everything. But it's interesting coming at it from this angle because in the documentary about Gary Shandling who stars in it and wrote it and directed it and poured his fucking heart and soul into it <clears throat> they say that he like he was really intense about it and he wanted to say something about people and and whatever and so I'm kind of watching it knowing that it's supposed to be a deep show but it's actually it still feels kind of light and funny at the same time and each episode has like you know it introduces a th- it's like a classic sitcom structure it's not so much of an arc it's just like introduce a problem and they bicker about it for a bit and then something happens and then there's a solution at the end that's a punchline haha <laughs> and it's like a 20 23 minute kind of joke you know um there is something about tv though because i was watching efforts of family last week i finished season 2 of that as well there's something about tv where they need to have like the tension of TV, maybe because it's a longer thing or something, I don't know, but I find it uncomfortable. Like, whenever there's two characters interacting and it's kind of in a tense way or they're fighting or bickering or whatever, I just, I, I don't like that kind of tension. Maybe that's why I I stop watching TV shows so regularly, I don't commit to them. Because it almost feels like a chore, like, and I know there's going to be a payoff and there'll be a release, but I don't like it. That, maybe that's why I like comedy, because in comedy... There's tension and release, but the, the whole time you never feel like the person isn't in control. You're always watching someone and you know they're in control, right? But in TV, there's no one in control. You're just watching characters interact with each other and it just feels fucking tense. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I do like it. It's nice. There's good jokes and there's funny things in there. And when you connect with the characters, you really do connect with them. And maybe that's maybe that's the price that you pay. Is you, maybe that's the work you need to do is get through those tense moments to feel a connection to the characters. But at the same time, I just don't want to. It's uncomfortable, man. Do you guys know what I'm talking... It's like that rom-com shit. You know, when you're watching a character do something and you and it's like oh don't do that oh why are you doing that no don't do that no 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 no. and it's just like yeah why would he why would the character just not do that why can't they just not do that just be normal and act like a normal fucking character would i feel like that's the kind of shows and movies that i like is where characters are just inter oh they're they're acting in a way that's like yeah that's what i would have done oh and it's like this now oh well that sucks Rather than where you have to suspend disbelief and go, oh no, they made a mistake. Oh, whoops, oh, I wish they didn't make that decision because now their life is fucked up and I'm still supposed to empathise with them. I don't. I don't care. Maybe none of that makes any sense. But anyway, watch the Larry Sanders show. It's good. <laughs> um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this this week. I've fucking... <coughs> I've got my show again on Saturday. Come hang out at that. Or, or on Sunday, come to Little Mess. I'm emceeing both of those every week now, Saturday and Sunday. Um, and uh, if you've liked this, if you're listening on Spotify, let me know. Or if you're listening on iTunes, fucking rate and subscribe to the thing. Thank you guys very much for listening. Ooh, this has been Aiden Taco Jones. You've been listening to Sitting Under a Tree. Peace. <laughs>